Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives, we've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i'm sitting here sitting over there still powering through yeah the duchess the dorks it's ashley pickle howdy hello ashley I'm here. We're, we're you sound still a little kicking. bit better yeah I, I feel a little bit better yeah so even though we, we had a meeting here until like six o'clock and i was like yeah i was like like come on dude let's wrap <laughs> this thing up uh, yes. And sitting to my right, a guy I didn't come up with a name for. That's fine. Ishmael Johnson. What's up? <laughs> hey, good to see you. Uh, the, oh, the New York Giants to Matt Rule. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that ain't happening Ooh, anymore. Yeah, there was that. And then, like, didn't the didn't the Giants just hire the Patriots yeah. wide receivers it's, coach? It's, yeah. Joe Judge, I believe is his name. Ish had a really good tweet about that. He was like, Oh yeah, what? who wa- who watched who? the Patriots wide receivers this year and was like, yeah, let's get that guy. You like, just you guy. just watched that's an entire Patriots game. Tell me all about their wide receivers. You saw how you saw the Titans felt they didn't need to score more than twenty points. That's a good point. <laughs> Shout out to the Titans. Today is Tuesday, January seventh, two thousand and twenty. Episode or three hundred twenty four days till Thanksgiving. Episode eight seventy nine. Eight seventy nine. The number of plate appearances for David Hulse in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, guys, uh, there's some news. Breaking out of uh, Waco and Charlotte. Gotta that change is, that intro again. And that is, yeah, we do. <laughs> that is not a. That is not something I thought I would say. But in any case, uh, we will have. Uh, we will talk about Matt Rule and where he is going and what's next for the Baylor Bears. Uh, and then back half of the show, we are going to each run through. We each made a list of the five players from the UIL state championship games that we are going to remember most uh, going forward. So we will run through that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, though, uh, we have to start the show off with a little bit of sad news and a little bit of a bummer. Um, yesterday, we received word that on Sunday, um, Reba Campbell uh, passed away. Reba Campbell is the uh, wife of Dave Campbell, of course, our founder and editor-in-chief. Reba is the first lady of Texas football. Um, and... I know that she had been struggling with health 
for a, a while. And in fact, I believe um, I have been here since 2011, and I don't believe I ever met her when she wasn't struggling with her health. Um, but to describe Reba Campbell as just Dave Campbell's wife is a, an extreme, an extreme misreading of the situation. Reba Campbell was a pioneer in her own right. In an age where women in journalism were more or less kind of brushed to the side and put on the fashion or society pages, she refused to do that. She was a news writer and a feature writer and a pioneer of journalism in Central Texas working for the Waco Tribune Herald. Uh, she covered presidential visits. She covered uh, major stories from all over the state and all over the nation from there in Waco. And she was an inspiration to uh, the next generation of, of women writers uh, in newspapers. She was in an, in an age where the newspaper industry was dominated by men. She was an important and empowering voice there in Waco for many, many years. Mr. Campbell, Dave, will also tell you that she was integral to what Texas football is and became. Uh, she was a, uh, she's a word nerd, uh, is how she was described. She was somebody who was very meticulous in her writing and, and, and would often edit the magazine. If you look in the credits pages of the first few editions of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you will see Vareba Campbell's name because she was integral in helping to support uh, this, uh, this magazine and what it is today. Um, we would n I, I am comfortable saying that we wouldn't be here without Reba Campbell, plain and simple. She was that important to, to what she did. Um, I will briefly tell, even though it is not my story to tell, uh, I will briefly tell the story of how Dave and Reba met, as Dave told me. Uh, they met at the Waco Tribune Herald. Um, Dave was, uh, he had just come back from the, uh, the, he had been at Baylor, he had just come back from the, the military, and he was working at the Waco Tribune Herald, kind of a, a rising star in, in, in the sports side. And there was a, um, a pretty bad crash on I-35. Anybody who knows anything about Waco, I-35 goes right through Waco. And so obviously that's big news. And so uh, Reba Campbell was dispatched out to cover uh, the, the crash. And, and the crash was, from what Dave says, was really bad. It was not... It was it was it was a, an, an ugly crash. It was not pleasant to see, and so Reba Campbell comes back from Reba Weaver, I should say, uh, comes back to um, to report on the story, and she is shaking. She you know it's it, she's seen something pretty uh, terrible, and she's she's shaking. Dave notices this and walks over there, and says, "Why don't you just?" read it to me and I'll type it for you since your hands or toe are still shaking. And that's how they met. And then they were married for 70 years. They celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary in December. Um, Reba Campbell it has such an important role in journalism in Texas, in what we do here at Texas Football Magazine. 
um, and she will be missed. This is a, a huge blow uh, to the Dave Campbell's Texas football family, the, the first lady of Texas football magazine. Uh, Reba, Reba Lou Weaver Campbell uh, was 95. Uh, she is survived uh, by her husband Dave uh, and their daughters uh, Becky and Julie and their husbands Davey, David and Alan and several grandchildren. So um, it is, uh, she was, she was a, a huge part of the Waco community, uh, and you would always see uh, Dave and Reba uh, side by side. My favorite photo of Dave is not the kind of iconic one of him holding the first edition. There's another one of him holding the first edition with Reba uh, next to him. That's my favorite photo of Dave. Um, she, had, uh, she had been struggling with declining health uh, for years. Um, I, I hate to say that this is not necessarily a, a, a surprise. I know that she had really been struggling with her health. Uh, but Reba Lou Weaver Campbell uh, has passed away at the age of 95. So if you have a moment to say a, say a prayer or hold a thought for the Campbell family, uh, they could use it today. Uh, one other kind of programming note as a result uh, of this, uh, the uh, Mrs. Campbell's funeral is going to be on Thursday, so I will be heading down to Waco, so there will be no show on Thursday. There is your programming note. Okay, let's get into other things. So... There was some news today that I think we could probably put in the category of surprising but not shocking. And that is that Baylor is now looking for a coach. Now, I would say that it is probably surprising to say where <laughs> they are losing their coach to. Yeah. That Matt Rule has reportedly, and this has now been pretty much confirmed by everybody, mm -hmm. it would be a stunner if this was wrong at this point. Uh, but Matt Rule is heading for Carolina. Uh, he will be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, from what I understand, um, he went after the Sugar Bowl. He went to Mexico for family vacation, as a lot of coaches do right after the season. They go on a family vacation. And he was met at the Waco airport by the owner of the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper. Mm -hmm. And he never let him go from there. Uh, and so he will be the head coach. Let me start with this. Okay. Oh, here we go. I am not related to David Tepper. Okay, uh, we are all like we're all related. Me and Ashley and Ish are all related in the great human circle of life. Mm -hmm. I he is not my uncle or cousin or anything like that. At least not that I know of. Although Uncle David, I am willing to learn. You should figure that out just in case. I am willing to learn to be your relative because that dude has some, that dude at least has enough money to pay Matt Rule. Uh, what's six the contract? Six years or seven, seven years, years, sixty million with incentives that push it to seventy. 70. Right. So that rule, from what I understand, there there are now kind of some reports that there are um, um, there are now kind of some uh, some reports that um, that it's not a huge increase. We don't know what Matt Rule was making at Baylor. Yeah, it's a private school. Because it's a private school. Yeah. But we know he was making he was, there were reports that he was one of the highest paid coaches in the, the nation, at least in the Big Twelve. And so he is off to Carolina. And I do know, uh Shefford just uh, tweeted out more recently that the Panthers paid Baylor six million of his buyout. Yeah. So that's an added boost to the Baylor coaching sure. search for whoever they want to go. We can right. talk about that in a little bit, but um that's a, something else that Carolina had to throw in. And yes. apparently one of the things that swayed him was they're, the Panthers are willing to invest in sports science, mm -hmm. which is something that he's really been a pioneer at, at Baylor. 
and he that was one of his things he, he wants like a sports science department and mm-hmm. like that whole nutrition and fitness and that whole dedication to that and um that was one of the things that kind of swayed him to take the panthers job and so he leaves baylor with the very odd and totally misleading 19 and 19 record yeah <laughs> that <laughs> is if there is if there is ever if there is ever proof that you should look a little bit deeper than their overall record matt rule being 19 and 19 at baylor is it obviously the story of matt rule as it is going to be written at baylor is going to be that he took this program which was uh as low as any program in the modern era has been um in the wake of the uh the sexual assault scandal uh there uh taking over for jim grobe who was the interim coach after art bryles was fired uh, and the first year going one and eleven, and two years later going uh, winning eleven games and going eleven and three, uh, that is pretty remarkable. Um, that is that is something that you you really just do not see very often. So it's understandable to to say beyond that. I know that he he was on an NFL staff with the Giants for a year, mm-hmm. so he has NFL ties. From what we understand, he had always there had always been kind of rumblings and rumors that he wanted to get into the NFL game. And so Matt Rule is now leaving uh, Baylor to go to uh, Carolina. Um, I understand that there are going to be some Baylor fans who are really bent out of shape about this, who are very upset with Matt Rule. Uh, first and foremost, I don't I don't think that Matt Rule lied to anybody. Uh, when he was asked about interest from the NFL, he said he hasn't talked to anybody. Which is probably true. That's what agents are for. Because that's why you have an agent, <laughs> right? He hasn't, and I fully, I believe that he was fully focused on on Georgia mm-hmm. in, in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. I fully believe that. Um, I don't know what what incentive he would have uh, to lie. Um, I understand that it sucks when you lose your coach, right? Yeah. Uh, it it does. It, it sucks. Um, but. I think in the end, this was an opportunity for him that he had wanted for a long time, and so he jumped at it. Good for him. Yeah, you can you can be disappointed and also say, you know what, I understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, in my opinion, uh, I'm not going to tell Baylor fans how to feel, but mm-hmm. that is, if I were a Baylor fan, I feel like that's how I would feel. And I feel like there's the narrative that like, ah, oh, he told us to trust the process. Every coach tells you to trust the process. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always one job. That like there's always the the job that will lure somebody away. Well, yeah, right? and I was fixing to say a big part of it too. I think is what we were told is kind of it being that he wasn't going to leave unless it was the yeah, absolute right. perfect. He wasn't leaving for yeah. Like I don't think he would leave for Texas. Like yeah. I really don't he think he, I really don't think he would. Yeah. What's the big What's the biggest open job right now in college football? In co- oh God. Ole Miss, right? Or Mississippi State? Yeah. Mississippi He's not State. leaving for that. He wouldn't have. Like, he he wouldn't have left for Mississippi State. Right. Like right? people need to know that like. People talk about you know players having dreams of going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Coaches have those same dreams. Oh, yeah. They have those same exact dreams. So like you can talk about uh, what happened to loyalty, and it's like Barry Switzer left Oklahoma to go to the Cowboys. Yeah. Like like it's a th- like coaches have dreams of coaching the NFL. They have dreams of taking that next step. Mm-hmm. You can talk about loyalty, loyalty, whatever. When the jo- when that one job comes or yeah. that one opportunity comes, he's gonna he turned down the Jets last year. And yeah. it's, it's <laughs> like, and I don't I don't understand. And, and this is I don't know. 
I guess because we see them on TV yeah. and we and we, and we 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 spend every Saturday with them and mm-hmm. they're famous, right? right? We think that different rules apply to coaches that right. don't apply to you and me. Right. If you're, I know you like it here at Dave Campbell's right. Texas Football. Don't but leave us. If here. a please don't. <laughs> but if a dream job came along for you that you were like, man, I've always dreamed of working for NASA, right. and NASA called you and said, hey, we want you to come and work for us, yeah. and you left, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, man, he's always wanted to work for NASA. Yeah. <laughs> Do you all, do you want to? No, work? I really don't. Okay. All right, because Tepper would say, "Hey, NASA tweeted me that one time." NASA did tweet me that <laughs> one time. It was true. It was true. Let's all remember that. That's the most important part of the story. Anyway, point is that these are human beings with families, mm-hmm. and if a good job opportunity comes along, it is, I think, silly for all of us to demand that kind, like some sort of over-the-top loyalty from from anybody, yeah. let alone a, 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 a football coach. So there's that. So Matt rules out. Mm-hmm. Baylor will be on their fourth head coach in six years. Mm-hmm. That is kind of remarkable in and of itself, right? Art Bryles, Jim Grobe, Matt Rule, and now whoever they hire. So mm-hmm. all eyes are going to to turn to where Baylor goes from here. Look, there's going to be a name that you're going to hear a lot. And part of it is because everyone in the media in Texas loves him. Including us, including I am free to admit that that I like Joey McGuire a lot. Joey McGuire is a great guy. Joey McGuire is always uh, is a guy who is always very available to the media, and I think it's important to remember that access to the access, media access is something that is ultimately going to get you good press. Mm-hmm. So, grain of salt with all of that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. but. Baylor is now in the in the in in the market for a head coach, and they have a guy in house, in Joey McGuire. That if you believe some of the tea leaves that we've read, is a leading candidate for this job. Mm-hmm. Joey McGuire, of course, is the former Cedar Hill head coach, uh, wildly popular among uh, Texas high school football coaches, uh, wildly popular just among the media, as I mentioned. Um, and and yeah, there, there's a lot, and, and you're seeing. Uh, Baylor players tweet out support for Joey McGuire. From what we understand, the Baylor players love Joey McGuire. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would be a guy who would be in the mix. And I think he's going to get a long look at it from Mac, Mac Rhodes. Uh, that is not without risks. Joey McGuire has never been a coordinator at the college, college level. He has been a position coach and an assistant head coach. He's only also only been in the college game for three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, four years ago he was coaching Cedar Hill High School. Okay, this is not without risk, um, and there's obviously there's no guarantee. But if you want to, if you are a believer that that Baylor's got a good thing going, and you want to promote from within, he would be, I think, an obvious internal candidate. Yeah, I think that Shahan mentioned Jeff Nixon as well. I think that's the other internal candidate you're kind of looking at, um, as far as like if they want to keep it in-house, if they want to keep this thing rolling. Because you mentioned four head coaches in six years. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. Does Baylor want to go through something else of hire, you know, hiring, I don't know who, a Sonny Dykes. I'm just throwing it in. Yeah. Don't worry, SME. I don't think he's leaving. But <laughs> if they wanted to hire Sonny Dykes, right, do they want to go through that, you know, go through a whole new recruiting change, as a change in philosophy and do all that? Or do they want to just keep this thing rolling, knowing that they have this window, however long this window – I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a hot take mm-hmm. here. Baylor's not a historically great program. 
This is a window. <laughs> this oh, is no. a window of opportunity that right. they have to contend for a national title, potentially get into a playoff. The next two to three years are very crucial. Do they want to just keep that rolling with somebody, or again, do they want to switch it up again? Do they want to risk dropping that momentum that they've gotten in recruiting and on the field uh, production for somebody out of the box or out of the program right now? Who knows? If but. you're if you're talking about other kind of candidates that are going to spring to mind, yeah, uh, Blake Anderson is going to be a name you hear a lot. Blake Anderson yep. is the Arkansas State head coach. Mm-hmm. Done a pretty good job there, 47-30 and 30 there uh, in, in, I guess, how many is that, five seasons, six seasons? There uh, at, five. At, uh, there. He is a guy who has um, ties to Baylor. He was, of course, a, a quarterback at Baylor under Grant Taff. That is a name you're going to hear a lot. Uh, I do think that Sonny Dykes is going to get a, a phone call. I'll say that. Probably. I think he's probably going to get a phone call. Uh, depending on how wide they want this search to be, um, that I think that Sonny Dykes is is going to be uh, in in that mix. Uh, Shahan has a piece up at TextFootball.com as far as candidates are concerned. A couple other guys he mentions: uh, Willie Fritz from Tulane. Man, talk about switching it up. That would be switching it up for sure. I love Willie Fritz. I think Willie Fritz is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised he's still at Tulane. Uh, that would not be a bad a, a bad choice. Uh, Billy Napier uh, is another guy from Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana, I think is what they want to be called now. Um, They're Lafayette. Okay. Yeah, he's got he's got um, he's he was an off coordinator for Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's got ties to Dabo Swinney and, and Nick Saban. Um, he he seems to, from what we understand, he's already turned down Mississippi State. Would he stay closer to to Louisiana? Who knows? But that's a name to keep an eye on. Um, he lists, uh, Shahan lists as his pipe dream, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Um, you that know, is kind of, that is coming. I mean, that is, that make is him say no, I guess right. <laughs> if, if that's a guy that you want to target, but again, uh, you know, there, the, I, 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 I think a lot of this conversation is going to be determined by how wide a scope Matt Rhodes wants to have. I mean, put it this way: He hired Matt Rule in the first place. Yes, that was a wide scope. Yes, right. like he was not a wide scope. anybody's radar. Yeah. So does he go for that again? Yeah. So he he might if he if he wants to have a true national nationwide search, then there's a lot of teams on on the on or a lot of things on the table. Because look, I think Baylor's a pretty attractive job. It's a Power Five job. Yeah. Obviously, they they've they've been on the upswing. They have a history of success recently. That history, they have a new stadium, new facilities. The facilities are, are you know, the, the investment has been made. I think that Baylor's an attractive job that's going to, that I think that they are going to have, they're not going to have their pick of everybody, but they're going to be able to, to get some attractive candidates interested in this job. So is it a narrow scope where they say we're going to keep it in-house mm-hmm. and we're going to decide between somebody we have in-house? Or is it a wide scope where you're going to say, we're going to open this thing up, we're going to, we're going to call over the place, we're going to get a, a wide a, a range. You mentioned Mac Rhodes and his other hire. He hired Matt Rule. That is That would be a wide range. Mm-hmm. If it's more narrow, then you lean towards a guy like Joey McGuire or a guy like Jeff Nixon. I would think that McGuire would be the guy if they were to go and go internal. Um, if they were to hire Joey McGuire, we can certainly talk about that, but he would he is, as I mentioned, very well respected in Texas high school football circles. Um, look, it's going to be interesting. I understand if Baylor fans are a little are, are disappointed, uh, but don't be angry at a guy for, for getting a job that he was excited about and, and wants to move on. And more importantly, what he was able to help to, to basically dig Baylor out of the ditch mm-hmm. 
and get them into toward the top of the Big He's 12. He's put them on a platter now. I was like, hey, cool. This is some he, – hand yes. this off to someone else yes. now. He – I don't think it is reasonable to be angry with Matt Rule. That's all I'm saying. No. Meese commented. Oh, I no. think he was. I think he was joking. But he goes uh, – this was before you even started talking about who else could fill in. Um, Jason Garrett to Baylor, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's looking for a job. I'm just saying. He is unemployed currently. So. Yeah. He's, he's, he's unemployed currently. Actually, uh, the Giants are apparently talking to him for offensive coordinator. So. Um, I will just say this. That's the thing. Um, so Matt Rule takes a job that's worth uh, about, what, $9 million a year, let's call it? Uh, roughly. About, yeah. Mac Rhodes, can I speak in the camera one? Uh, yes, there we go. Hi, Mac Rhodes. Greg Tepper. I will do – I will be the head coach at Baylor for half of what Matt Rule <laughs> is making with the Panthers. I will accept that. Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> We're Texas Football. Today we're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Now this is interesting. Um, let's talk about, uh, there's a tweet here from uh, Princely. The oh, defensive yeah. end, Princely. Umamanlian. Not Ooh, gonna try it. Come on. I believe that was it. Hey, you make me try to Umamanian. sound out the names. That's it. <laughs> Tweets. Coach Rule never lied. And then he says he replies with that and goes, "I sat in his office and he said straight up that if it's an NFL team is right for him, he'd probably take it." See, yeah, that's, that's a recruit. Not, yeah. That's a recruit. People want to whine about him telling like, that's a kid he's trying to get to play on his team. Right. And he was still he has that, every, that He candid. has every reason to lie to him. Right. Every <laughs> reason to lie to him. Oh, of course I'm going to be here for 10 years. Yeah, I'm going to see you. Through. No, he said, I'm going to leave if it's the opportunity. Anyway. Like, come on now. Stand up guy. There you go. All right. Let's get into one more thing before we uh, head out. That would be. One more segment on state championship games. Of course, this is when everybody's doing their state championship coverage. It's three weeks after the fact. But we are going to talk about our memorable players, our most memorable players from the Texas high school football state championship games. There are a lot of them, right? You had 12 games, 24 different teams. I've got a couple. I've got a guy on my list that didn't win a title. That mm, I am. Too. Yeah, that I that I'll remember. That these are guys that I think when we look back and and inevitably, like for example. When I think of 2018, mm-hmm. the guys that I'm going to think of are uh, – I'm going to think of, of Haynes King. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think of Jordan Whittington. Yes. Those are probably right. the first two that are going to jump to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of 2017, I mean, sadly, I'm probably going to think of Matthew Baldwin from Lake <sighs> Travis. Sadly, yeah. because, of, yeah. because of what happened in that uh, in the I'm Travis gonna, game. I'm going to think of Jalen Preston. Jalen Preston. Uh, 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 John Stephen Jones. John Stephen Jones. Right? Guys yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Who are those guys that when we, in a couple of years, when we look back, we're going to say, oh, those are the state championships with blank. So we've each got a list of five. Um, Ashley, you can go first. I'm gonna, Me first. We're going we're gonna to put Ashley on the spot to, to do her rankings of the five players she is going to remember most from the state championship games. All right. So... First off, this was my first time working, obviously, in the state championship. So, Did you have a good time? I did, actually. So the first one, I've got to give this out to you. And this is this is different. Hamlin didn't mm-hmm. win, obviously, or anything like that. But Austin Lozano was probably, ah. like, the most fun player we watched all weekend. I mean, Ish was up there 
within the booth with us the whole time. You were up there for a little bit, but like we were so pumped to see him play. He not like especially he even at one point he punted the ball like or he set it for a kickoff and just bombed it. And we were going nuts in the booth. It was awesome. I <laughs> the, loved the watching the, him. the big fellow, the three hundred pounder yeah. for yeah. for Hamlin. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I'm Lozano so, Hive. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm it Lozano was, It was just fun. He was. And then, remember, I'm sorry. When, remember when he blocked was the field goal? Yes. And he blocked yes. the field goal. And then he, and then he the extra, extra point. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, the extra point. And he starts running it back. And then he realizes he's not going to outrun the guy. So he just stops. <laughs> he just stops and is like, let's just fight right here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he starts <laughs> stiff arming the guy. That was he, awesome. He knew he wasn't going to win the foot race. He's like, you know, I just want to hit someone. Let's, let's go. Fine. <laughs> well, you want right. some? Let's go. And so that was the thing. It's Especially like, against Mart, where they've got like so many speedsters. Like, I'm not beating them 90 yards down the field. Let's just fight. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I, I just, that's someone that I'm going to, it was one yeah. of the early on games, the young got or you know like the the smaller schools and it was just it was so much fun to watch yeah. him mm-hmm. i don't think i'll ever forget that from a smaller perspective um all right my number four is carthage we've got Kevontae dixon i yeah. thought oh, that yeah. he was just awesome God, and i think the big thing was too he only had like three carries for eight yards in the first quarter and then after that he he blew up it was seven catches for 120 yards i mean he, yeah he did the thing that everyone knew that he could so he was he was big up on my list like it a lot um, number three, and you're gonna have to remind me on the last name because I always messed it up. Dane Frank Granby. Yench. 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 Yeah, he was. He was unbelievable. A soft J. Yeah, <laughs> he was absolutely unbelievable. Obviously, mm-hmm. just he was. He was so good, offensive and defensive MVP. His numbers were through the roof, and I always like since I watched so many six A games this year. I liked watching the smaller ones where the guys were just tearing it up on offense and defense. Yeah. And for a quarterback to do that on offense and defense was. That was really – I thought he was a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, another small school. We've got – I liked uh, Ben Crockett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that he was one of those – he was almost to the point when we were talking about just watching him out there dominating, even from a 6A perspective. You look at him and you think, you know, he could maybe play somewhere at the next level. Obviously, mm-hmm. like a – not a power five or anything like that, maybe even a D2. But yeah. when you see a guy like that just completely – Completely running over people, you think, man, for us to be watching a six A game or a six man game, and for him to be thinking, okay, yeah, he could play it for the next level. That was really, yeah, really impressive. And then this one, I feel like, is going to take people by surprise. But number one, number one, Fort Ben Marshall, Devonta Chan. Uh-huh. I thought mm. that he was. I, I had never had the Devonta Chan experience. I mm-hmm. think obviously y'all had. Mm-hmm. Um, We'd, y'all have been hyping him up all year. I've seen the stats all year. But to be able to watch him in person, and I think the reason I'll remember him is when he goes on and plays at the next level and makes a big impact, you know, it's going to be one of those things. Like, man, I'm so glad I got to watch him in person in high school mm-hmm. just just running through mm-hmm. people. So yeah. those would be my top five. I like that a lot. Good job. Thank you. That's a, that's a, that's a, good, that's really a good, good list. list. I like that. Thanks. Not my list, so it's not great. But, you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to go next? Oh, yeah, mine. Okay. So uh, Let's see. I'm trying to figure out the order I sent it to Ashley. In. Okay, here we go. Yeah, here's five for yeah. you. So my number five is Roger Freeman at Mark. Uh-huh. Because oh. it's not every year that we get to watch a guy who is FBS caliber at the 2A level. And yes. <clears throat> usually when you do, he's usually a quarterback, right? Somebody who touches the ball every play and, you know, things like that. Roger Freeman, he probably will be the quarterback next year, and he played quarterback last year, but he was the running back this year. And he is, I believe he was the defensive lineman or linebacker this year on, on the other side of the ball. Man, that's just a guy who, like, when Hamlin was hanging around Mart, it was like, yeah, Freeman, all right, just take care of this. 
Like, yeah. they just threw in the ball. I was like, yeah, get 10 yards, please. Just break away something, please. And you saw the physical difference of like, oh, that's what the difference is between having a good two-way player and a good tech player in the state yes. of Texas, right? And at uh, FBS level player. So, Roger Freeman, for two years now, is kind of really impressed, and I can't wait to see what he's like as a senior. Like that? Uh, number four, Kyron Drones, Shadow Creek. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who I'd seen play – I saw him play Maynard, and then I saw him uh, a couple times on Texan Live. And it was always like you saw it, but you never – he never put it together for a full game. I never saw him put it together for a full game. And you saw the build. You saw his athleticism. You're like, man, that, that's a quarterback. Like you just – yeah. if he puts it together, Shadow Creek's unstoppable. And granted, maybe I just caught him on bad games or you know inconsistent performances. And then he did against Denton Ryan. And he was hitting his passes early. He was running the ball really effectively. And you were like, oh, yeah, this is this is a top-level quarterback. And uh, I believe he's a junior, so he still has one more year as well. So, like, seeing him next year after he polishes up everything else, I hope I see what I saw in that Den Ryan game for all of next season because he's going to be a player. Mm-hmm. He was really impressive. Uh, number three, I also have Kelvante Dixon because uh, we've never seen Waco La Vega – I've never seen Waco La Vega really struggle with one guy, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Yes, we can talk about how Carthage kind of handled them up front and, you know, kind of were able to salt the game away. But that game broke open because of Kelvante Dixon. They 100%. had no one who could stop him on the outside, and it was just a couple plays. just three touchdowns in the first half, and that was it. And they could just salt that game away for the entire second half. And I'd never seen Waco La Vega not be able to just handle someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I have Dan Yench. Uh, uh, yes. Back-to-back back to back MVPs again um, for him. I mean, every game I've seen of him in person, he always comes up with a random interception. In addition to <laughs> yeah. like, ru- in addition for running and throwing mm-hmm. for all these yards, it's like, wh- is this he also play? Oh yeah, like there's a pick right there. Like it's it's always mm-hmm. that timely interception that either back breaks the other team or just seals the game in some way. Uh, when I saw him against Rockdale in the by district round, he did the exact same thing, and so. Um, so yeah, Dan, Dan Yench again for his second uh, second year. Number one, I also have a little bit of surprise. Hmm. Marcus Burris. Oh, Pleasant Grove. I like that. man. He we we talk about Landon Jackson, right? Landon Jackson's obviously the 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 more highly touted recruit, mm-hmm. uh, t- five star athlete, I believe, going into twenty twenty one. But Marcus Burris is also the guy on that defensive line. And my goodness, he manhandled Wimberley. <laughs> he only had he had two. I think he finished with two sacks. I think maybe half a tackle or a tackle or something like that. But they couldn't block him at all mm-hmm. and that's that's the benefit that's the kind of the compliment you get when you have both him and landon jackson because you have to gamble he's like we got to double landon jackson and it's like cool you're gonna single you're gonna single block marcus burris who is the thunder to that lightning on the outside and so he's gonna absolutely run through whoever you have and he did that every play mm-hmm. wimberly could not get their passing off the ground because marcus burris was in that backfield the entire time i love it when defensive linemen dominate uh, especially someone, especially someone who's more brute strength than Marcus Burris, and he flashes some of his uh, quickness as well. They're both back next year. Pleasant Grove is going to be uh, a pain again, and uh, yeah. So Marcus Burris, number I one. Would, for me. I would consider or like relate him to uh, Austin Lanzano a little bit. Yeah. Of our reaction to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like he oh was my another gosh. one where we yeah. were like, I turn around and it should be like, oh my god, did <laughs> you see it. that? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty great. Okay. A very, very good, very good list. Very oh, good God, list. Here we, go. <clears throat> we got. We, in fact, we have some in common. Both of us. Okay. We did. Look, this is a unity moment. <laughs> unity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, God, get to it. Number five. 
Dane Yench. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to remember about Dane Yench? Dane Yench, the defender. I'm going to yeah. remember Dane Yench darting in on fourth and goal mm-hmm. and coming up with the biggest defense play of the game. Mm-hmm. He also had an interception. I believe he finished the year, his last four games, he had an interception. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. And obviously, look, he was the he was the MVP on both sides, and then he gave his um, MVP Offensive award. Offensive MVP to the running oh, – I forgot the running back's name. Um, who had five touchdowns. Tremaine Gallette. Gallette, yeah. Yep. Tremaine Gallette. And I thought that was the right move. Yeah. I thought oh, he, he was – I thought Gallette was the best offensive player. That is true. Yes. Uh, but Yench was the best defensive player. Uh, in any case, I will always remember watching him in this game. Number four, Ben Crockett. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Crockett is a grizzly bear that they put pads on. <laughs> he was awesome. He's the reason. He's a big reason why uh, that upset was so huge. Yes, because you were like, who's yeah. stopping Ben Crockett? Like, who's, 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 who's yeah. who? How yeah. will they contain him? And and what I'll always what what impressed me most is that so McLean is a team that fundamentally just likes to give the ball to him and he runs mm-hmm. right? right. They run that kind of more tight formation. When they got down, they had to go into their spread formation, yeah. which is not their strong suit. But he made some throws, mm-hmm. and he was terrific in that game. Ben Crockett, I'm always going to remember watching him at McLean. Number three, another Pleasant Grove kid. I'm going to go with Bruce Garrett. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. A guy who was nicked up all year long and a guy who came through at the big moment for them when they needed it most against a Wimber- like a Wimberley defense that played better than I expected them to. Mm-hmm. But he came through big, and I will. What I'm going to remember about that is him scoring or him bringing a big run, and it just being <laughs> through there. So uh, Bruce Garrett is going to be a guy that I remember, and especially by the way, in a game where Ben Harmon was nicked up and yeah. could not yes. could, like could not throw, they had to run the ball, and he came through huge. So mm-hmm. I'm going to remember Bruce Garrett. Number two, Jason McClellan from Alito. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a guy who is going to go down three titles. He played in four title games. Uh, he was the offensive MVP, I think, of three of them. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was as a freshman yeah, and then as right. a junior okay. and all a senior. He won MVP against Cal. Allen. He was the uh, he was the offensive MVP for all three of those. Yeah. Um, and to again, a guy who was not a hundred percent, a guy who was playing Which hurt. Is insane to think yeah. about when you when you oh, look at yeah. his when you remember his game. Yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, that was like seventy percent. Yeah. But he was the most. He was the guy that came through big for them in a game that, by the way, they needed every one of those scores. Against a very game for Penn Marshall team. But Jason McClellan, I'm always going to watch him kind of pulling away from a very fast uh, for Penn Marshall defense. Uh, I'm going to remember him. But number one, I guess maybe a surprise? Uh, How about Demetrius was, Davis gonna, from North I was going to guess Davis. Okay. okay? Yeah. yeah. In a game that is that I think mo- most people are going to remember for who wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? They're going to remember that Jaquin and Jackson didn't play. And they're going to remember, uh, maybe they're going to remember that Zach Evans didn't play, right? North Shore was in a dogfight against a very good, one of the best defenses we've ever seen in Duncanville. And, yes, they had Roger Hagan in that big offensive line, but more importantly, they needed Davis to come through in a big, big way. He was their, he was their go-to guy, and he was the engine that, that drove that offense, whether it was running the ball or then making the throws he needed to, including the, the dagger, uh, the dime that he dropped to Charles King. Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna remember. I'm, what I'm gonna remember most about that game, which of course had so much hype around it, partially due to us, <laughs> um, the, the the atmosphere, all those moments. Yeah, I'm gonna remember that game for Demetrius Davis putting on the cave and being like, "This is my team. Yeah, don't forget it," mm-hmm. and willing them to a second straight chance. I think the the best part about that performance from him was that you know we mentioned no Banks, no Evans, things like that. Last year he 
we knew he was a dual threat quarterback, but mm-hmm. last year he really got it done with his arm. Yes. Right? He right. didn't need to run the ball because they had Zach Evans. And, you know, and, this and in year a lot was, of ways, they didn't let him. Like, right. they were, like, was, you could tell they were like, they were like, we're going to pull back the range. But he was talented enough to where his arm was, his arm was talented enough to where mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we don't need him to run. This year was like, okay, we're going to need you. You know, Banks is down. We don't have anybody to stretch that field and to make that passing game as lethal as it was. So we're going to need you to do a little more running. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, sure, let's do this. And you know, he did <laughs> what the awesome. game asked him to do. Yeah. And he was awesome. So those are our five players. Which players are you going to remember? Let us know in the comments, uh, and we will uh, uh, we will. I think, our, yeah, the one that we all three had was Dane Yinch. Mm-hmm. That was the one yes. that we all three mm-hmm. put on our yeah, list. Back-to-back years, I mean, yeah. him doing what he did. But here's the thing. I think that speak the fact that all of our lists were different and mm-hmm. all of us each had a player that nobody else had yeah. Yeah. speaks to the depth of talent and and how there were so many unforgettable moments and mm-hmm. players from those things state that stood out to game. each of us. That, exactly, right. uh, I think that speaks to the the breadth of talent that we saw there at AT and T Stadium. So those are the players we're going to remember most from state championship games. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, we'll hit up first four through the door real fast. Oh my bad. Uh, no, it's okay, Andrew. Uh, Christensen, Rob Hadaway, William Dyson, and Phil Vaney. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> one of the comments, uh, Meese actually left this in the pre-show, but he said, in all caps, great new podcast intro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so, so we did you. do that. Um, and we got to change it again because Matt Rule's in it. <laughs> yeah, Matt Rule's in it. Well, no, well, no, no, no. So the podcast intro is Oh, the like, podcast I, intro. I record oh, okay. a podcast intro oh, okay. just to kind of get it out of the way and say, hey, become a subscriber, blah, oh, blah, nice. blah. Yeah. Uh, rate, rate the podcast. Just things that we probably should have had from the beginning. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a new podcast intro, so subscribe to the podcast if yeah. you missed an episode. You did go with it. I listened to it. It was good. So here's another thing I was thinking about. And mm-hmm. maybe there's no interest in this. So we obviously do, if you listen to the podcast, you're missing out because we have the pre-show before the free show where we sit around and we talk about nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think, would there be any interest in like at the end of the end of the week taking our pre-shows and just putting them into one podcast and just be like, hey, if you want to listen to us talk about nonsense. I mean... Yeah, yeah, what what anybody int- let us know com- let us know in the comments if that's something like a like a pre-show podcast that would just be like here's us talking about nonsense for the for the week right uh, yeah. like a best of I don't yeah. know if that's not of interest to you then we won't do it because that's more effort for us but um, it was just a thought yep. anything else uh, yeah the one other thing and this is just just a thought to leave you with but uh, Tony said happy bobblehead day oh it's a bobblehead day it's national bobblehead we have a Dave bobblehead right there and we have an Aaron Jones bobblehead there too oh yeah that's right we've got bobbleheads over usually usually sports fans are big bobblehead people too so I figured like that was worth mentioning I have bobbleheads I think I'm I think I'm gonna put put, like I'm I'm redoing my office at home and Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna gonna put them in a box and let my kid see them in 15 years and say what are these dad nice Uh, I think I'm done having them on my desk but anyway happy bobblehead day yeah do you have a bobblehead I have a couple on my desk. That's right. Don't you have a uh, uh, um, uh, Eddie George bobblehead? Uh, no, Steve McNair. Steve McNair. It's Steve McNair. Uh, Adam gave me his Vince Young one, and then I have an Anthony Davis one from when I went to go see the Pelicans. He played for the Titans, right, Steve McNair? Yes. What are they up to these days? Uh, they're doing. Still playing. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tapper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.